Georgia with a big win. Well, not a real big, I mean, a one-point win over Notre Dame. I'll call it a historic win, Fletcher. Uh, Dean Luggy and Fletcher Page here on the roundtable on Dog Post. Fletcher having um, having digested the, well, I mean, can't be anything other than really a big win. I mean, a one-on-one start this season would have been tough. There would have been explanations for it. But Georgia really, looking backwards on it, I said that uh, Notre Dame should have won this game, should win this game heading into it. Yeah, you were but flat think, wrong, brother. May I finish my sentence before you start with your stupidity? Uh, but about a quarter into it, it was pretty obvious who the better team was. But they had to get this thing out, man. I mean, going to have to play better than this to get where they want to go. Yeah, I'll, talk, I'll say a couple things here. Um, a, Georgia was clearly the better team. I think if you play that game ten times, Georgia should win about eight. But it's still sports. So some things happen in sports like – 12 penalties, true freshman quarterback turns it over twice, uh, kicker with an opinionated father misses another field goal. Yeah, that was a 40-yarder, though. I mean, that, that wasn't a 44-yarder. It wasn't the end of the world. I get it. Kids on scholarship now. Good for him. So that's sort of the things going into a game that it clearly I think Georgia dominated the game, um, really, I think. But there's things that you, you just don't know that are going to happen. You don't know that there's going to be that many pass interference calls. But I think Georgia was clearly a better team. I think it was an easy it was easy money on the bet. I mean, get, yes. getting any points was great. So I think the takeaway for me is if you can go on the road, beat a ranked opponent, whether they should have been ranked or not, doesn't matter now. Uh, you have 12 penalties, two turnovers, gifted them three points on a missed field goal, and you get out of there with a win. I think that that's really, uh, I think that's a good thing moving forward. I, I mentioned last week, John Calipari loves to shoot 32% and beat his opponent. It makes him feel better about his team. He learns more about it and those kinds of things. And also it gives you a, uh, something to sort of feel good about moving forward that if you don't do those things, uh, that you should be continue having success. So when you can win and do those things, it's not good that you did them, but now you know, uh, you know what you did and you know what you need to work on. And also, I want to point out that that went exactly the way that I thought it would and told you that it would. I just need to say that now because I only remember the shots that I make, Dean. <laughs> wait, wait, refresh my memory. I'm really not being funny here. I'm trying to remember exactly. What What now? What did you say exactly? I just felt like overall Georgia was the better team. That's basically what I was saying. I had no doubt that they would win um, in terms of like a straight up. Now, obviously, like I'm saying – in sports, things happen that you just can't predict. I think really the, the most surprising thing, I expected Jake Fromm to throw at least one interception. Um, and that one really didn't hurt him that bad, right, going into the it, half. It, it did not hurt them at all, but it can't, we can I, talk about yeah. Well, I, I, you couldn't see a just a drop snap, I mean, a fumbled ball that way. So yeah. you don't see those things coming, but it happens. Uh, but I just thought that Georgia overall, I mean, we heard a lot about uh, Notre Dame's offensive line, and I think that what you're oh, going well, yeah. to remember about this game moving forward is just Lorenzo Carter and Davin Bellamy just lighten up. That, that, I mean, and this is going to be, I mean, if what we are told is true, this is going to be the best offensive line they play this year, Fletcher. There's a lot, there's a few statistics to get into a little bit later, but. I, is Georgia? Let me ask you this, because uh, this is people would be interested to hear your view on this. If I bet, Georgia, I bet they are. <laughs> if Georgia were to have uh, a healthy Jacob Eason heading into Mississippi State, or just even say this week, Samford, who do you think would start that game? 
Jacob Eason. Okay. I think that um, there was a, a few things going on there that against Notre Dame. I, I certainly think that Jake Fromm kind of kept that thing close. Uh, but yeah. that's not me saying that he's not good. That's me acknowledging that somebody making their second career appearance in a college football game on the road made mistakes. I think that we understood that going in that those mm-hmm. that was going to happen. Um, but I just I just would anticipate some of the some of the limitations he probably has currently and some of the mistakes that were made. I just I can't say we can't say Jacob Beeson wouldn't have made them. Um, but I just feel at this stage in his career, having already what he's 13 game 14 games into his career and a year older and having seen all the things he did wrong on tape last year and having to think about it for a whole offseason you just would anticipate just just having a little bit more at your disposal well two things first of all i mean jake Fromm didn't play as well as i think he would have liked to have played uh he could have he's got to play better moving forward he did make some throws i mean the throw to terry terry saved him on that there were two uh balls for sure that were one on one. I mean, he he made the right read. The throws were not ideal. He underthrew Nicole um, on what would have probably been uh, as close to a game ender as they had. But it's not like Fromm was all bad. Uh, I, no. I want to be clear, clear about that. But um, you know, on in addition to that, um, you know, Jacob Eason scored what should have been a t- game winning touchdown against Tennessee. Uh, at the end of the game, Jacob Eason drove the field to win against Kentucky. Jacob Eason drove the field and through the game winning. T- I mean, so he's done it a few times already. And um, when I don't take lightly when Kirby says Jacob is our quarterback. Now, of course, he's not going to say that right now. But I, I see guys like Greg McElroy, and and I and sometimes I do wonder if they watch the games. I mean, you got to think about it from their perspective. They're responsible. For watching four or for covering fourteen SEC schools, I know for me it's it's you know I watch every play um, in slow motion. You can see the mistakes as it goes, um, but if you're if you you can't genuinely, I just wonder sometimes if national talking heads actually watch the games that I'm like. If I had an opinion about Kentucky right now, it would be a completely ignorant one. I've only watched the Cats play so much. Uh, I've watched South Carolina play a little bit more, and I've watched Clemson play a little bit more, and obviously I've watched Tech and Tennessee. But like, I don't know if these guys actually watch Georgia play, but there's a lot of issues that are not just Jake Fromm related. I mean, but but I say all that to say this. I don't know how you could say there's a quarterback controversy right now other than that's just – is that just what you say when there's two quarterbacks – at once or something? I, I think so. I, I don't know. But, you know, coaches, and, and we are too, uh, but coaches specifically, they're obsessed with this thing, which is you want to get these guys reps uh, at, at, all, yeah. at all positions. You talk about how valuable just practice reps are. Let's just, talk, like, let's just take a wide receiver or a defensive lineman. Might not be the best at his position, but if you can get him some a couple reps in practice or in a scrimmage or now in a game, that's in that is so valuable to his development which is what this is all about the problem is is that quarterback it's i understand twitter and these talking heads that you're referencing everything is just so definite and uh, yes, you have to you totally. have to really take your stance on based on what just happened because you can do because then you can turn around and, and take another stance on what happens 
in 40 more seconds, and it can be totally different, and that's okay in that world. Whatever. That's not what coaches care about. What they're, I think the way that most coaches, I don't want to say everybody, would say is, hey, our best quarterback was injured, and we've managed to win two games without him. However many games it'll be now going forward, what, how, how long is Jacob Eason going to be out? Well, Dog Post reporting is that it's four to five weeks from last weekend. So, but does I mean, Georgia Georgia's going to enter a part of the schedule here where? I mean, they could lose to Mississippi State for sure. I mean, they're playing two games without their starting quarterback. Okay, well, I think whereas fans and maybe media uh, would say, okay, let's say Jacob Beeson comes back and Jake Fromm keeps Georgia undefeated, and you sort of go, um, well, you don't want to disrupt this whatever, or you know, maybe Jake Fromm is better than Jacob Beeson. I think coaches will just say, hey, we just survived a portion of our schedule without what we think is our best quarterback. Obviously, they think that. He's been the starter since the spring all the way through camp and then in the first game. Right. So now what happens is, what if Jacob Eason gets hurt again? Well, now Jake Fromm isn't, isn't, his, isn't taking his first snap against uh, in the middle of a game. He's not right. making his first start. Uh, he's, he's not got, you don't have to say things like, how is he going to handle the crowd? Or what's going to happen after he does throw his first interception? You already know all those things. So coaches have all this information now that let's say this that Jake Fromm has to go in and play Florida, which is constantly the biggest game of the year. There's right. so many things that they already know that I think that that's, that's actually valuable. Now, if you lose at Notre Dame, it really screws it up and whatever, but they didn't. So now you don't have to worry about all that. You just move forward think, thinking, hey, Jake Fromm's got a lot more reps than we would have been able to give him otherwise, and we're still undefeated. Yeah, I just want to point out another thing real quick, which is that on Georgia's last sort of legitimate offensive play just before they kicked the field goal, they had, they had four freshmen on the field and that one play, as well as Mecole Hardman, who had, you know, this is his first year playing offense. Had four freshmen, three of them true. Right. It's uh, pretty incredible. You know, For a team that's considered the best in the East right now, I think by most people that I give credibility to, that's pretty remarkable. I do think they are the best team, and they should win the East. Um, and I'm, so you had uh, DeAndre Swift, Jacob, Jake Fromm, uh, Solomon Kinley, and uh, the freshman from Pace as well as Nicole Hardman, they were all in the game on the last legit offensive play. And um, part of that was because Sony got hurt. But you get the point, which is that this is still a young team on offense. And that it's not surprising that they – look, the offense almost cost them the game. I mean, the defense right. the, the defense was shut down, man. Whenever, whenever you're scoring uh, – excuse me, whenever the other team has fewer than 60 yards rushing – I mean, that's just stupid. Um, and these are legit. Georgia's going against legitimate teams. I mean, Louisville is, allow, is allowing 34 yards a game. But I think the, Louisville's first game was not you know, a big deal game. And then North Carolina, I think they really shut them down too. So, um, you know, this Georgia defense is legit. Now, you know, Jake Fromm played fine. He played well enough to win the game. I'll tell you what, though. As great as this defense is. Now, I don't think it's quite Alabama – and um, the, I, I can't speak to, you know, is it as good as Clemson? Is it good as Florida State? Is it good as Auburn? You know, I don't know. But they're up there in the conversation with everybody that's not Alabama. And they've got to quit making mistakes, though, man. I mean, you can't leave pick sixes just hanging out there. And that happened, for my money, twice last game. DeAndre Walker had what looked like an interception, 
But as it turns out, I think he either just completely mistimed the jump or that ball was way over his head. So I'm not, I'm not going to ding them there. But you've you got to make one of those plays. It completely changes the trajectory of the game. But the 12 penalties, man, basically all on the defense and basically all relatively stupid, that just can't happen, man. And this is not an undisciplined bunch. And they're just uh, – it's got to be better than this. If, 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 I, I, I have changed – I think they have a legitimate chance to win the SEC. No, and if, no, no. I think they have a legitimate chance to win the SEC. That means they're going to get to Atlanta and they can play for it. Now you can huff and puff all you want to. I mean, Alabama hasn't had an undefeated season forever. So they're, they're going to have their chance. But in order to do that, they're going to have to play a lot better than they did against Notre Dame. I mean, it's, it's just not good enough. Oh, Dean. I, I, I give Georgia. I mean, what do you just want to roll over and rub Alabama's tummy all the time? I mean, you got you can't just concede. I mean, they are clearly the best team in college football. But, you know, it, this isn't like uh, – I mean, it, it, once you get to that point, even with one loss or even two, you know, it's the NCAA tournament, and you get your crack at beating, you know, beating the bear. And this te- this defense is good enough. The offense I – no. give, I give Georgia the same chance of beating Alabama as I have given Notre Dame of beating any team that's actually relevant. Um, it's just – there, yes, there's a chance, but they need they need the team they're playing to commit 12 penalties, turn the ball over twice, and, and screw something up on special teams. And even then, Notre Dame can get it done. I, it's just I, I think it's fine. Georgia is exactly where it's at. I don't feel the need to say things like they can win the SEC because well they well they can. I mean well, they they can. they can, but I mean to say I think, that I, I would not be so dismissive at this stage, man. I mean I think we see Auburn is probably not quite what we thought they were. I mean, Georgia's path is easier than the other teams, uh, you know, in that sense. You know, Auburn's going to have to keep it clean and beat Alabama. I mean, Alabama ain't going to lose twice. Yeah, I'm not, ta- I'm not wasting my time talking about Auburn because when it comes to, right, well, when it, when it comes to winning the SEC. So you're done with Auburn? No, no. I think that they still are there, but I'm talking about in terms of this discussion of, is that if I'm going to talk about the hypothetical of Georgia winning the SEC, for me – uh, they're not going to see Auburn more than once this season. Is what I'm saying. They're going to be. Well, is, I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. So I, you know, whatever. I mean, I just think that we don't need to jump to that. Georgia needs to take care of winning the East first. Yeah, man, then, that's Georgia's yeah. problem, I and mean, that's not what this podcast is about. You know, we're 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 here to talk about stuff. You know, well, your problem is, is you said that Notre Dame should win that game. I disagreed with you. And oh, now, so now I'm just going to defer to you about everything? Now you, no, 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 no. I'm just saying now you've kind of made another sort of not a well, line, not what, a line never, in the sand. Listen, but let me lay you out. Let me lay you out why they should have won that game. I already okay. have. Oh, you've already laid it out. All right. I just said twelve I mean, penalties. Playing, you're two playing at home at you're playing on the home, road. Playing at home is nearly a touchdown favorite against the other team's second string quarterback. Man, I mean. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, yeah, they should have won that game, or at least heading into it. Here's but then all who are the real the winners. Was they had to actually actually play the game, and they couldn't do it. Real winners. Anybody that took the four thousand Delta bucks for, oh, yeah. for rolling back their flight. Props to you, Georgia fans. But I got to give it to my Notre Dame people too. <laughs> you can you can pay about four house payments with selling a couple tickets. Uh, good for you. <laughs> 
Uh, smart too. It's better to watch it on go tailgate and then go watch it on TV in the bar. Take your you, money. Did, did you see what NBC put up? Two of the top six ticket prices this year were Georgia games. One with Notre Dame, obviously, and then the Florida game as well. Well, I think some of that is this. A, this was such a unique opportunity yeah. for Georgia fans. It, and I, I, I grew up reading Louis Grizzard's accounts in 1980 and listening to Larry Monson's calls. Um, so that was a very special one-off. But also to have the to have the Chicago Cubs thing going on with Vince Dooley, and then to have the Falcons in Chicago that Sunday. I mean, damn! Like if you were looking for a reason to get away from the from the kids and the house for a little while, or want to just take a trip, that is awesome. Or with the kids, can you can, can you hear me still? I, I muted myself. I was sneezing. Can you hear me? Yeah, but another thing too, Dean, is this kind mm-hmm. of reinforces some reporting and some de- some analytics deep dives you've been taking about Georgia's Georgia is a force in terms of attracting audiences whether that now be in person at Notre Dame or on television each weekend where they are racking up numbers that are kind of surprising to me given their level of success compared to some of the teams that you've compared them to in terms of television eyeballs there's there's no there's no well we don't yet know I don't want to forget this Wrigley story, Wrigley Field story. So don't let me forget that. I got, a, I got a good one. Sweet. You know, Georgia, whether they have underperformed, no question. As a brand nationally, they have not underperformed. But the teams, even though the ten of their last fifteen seasons have been ten win, you know, years, they have not played in the big game yet. If and when they ever get it rolling, there's going to be very few programs nationally that can do the same thing. Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida, um, Texas, uh, not Oklahoma. I mean, so there's just more Georgia people than Oklahoma. So they they could become a huge national brand uh, in ways that other people just can't be. I mean, Fletcher, that place – was 50-50, basically. It was a – I mean, it might have been – I I don't know that it was more Georgia people, but it was was insane. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And all these guys that I I know that I went to high school with or, you know, kind of whatever, it was was so funny because they were so jacked up and hyped up for this game. Of course, I saw some of them. I didn't see all of them, but I did see basically their doppelganger everywhere I went at Wrigley the night before the game. And so there's these three guys, and they are completely trashed. I mean, all of Wrigley Field is just drunk. That's just like, I guess, the state of Wrigley. That's just how it is. Smells but like in, hot beer and urine. It was, it, was, uh, it was quite a scene. And uh, we're coming down. I think we were leaving, and like nobody cared if the Cubs. I mean, obviously, no one cared if the Cubs won or not. But there were these three guys, and they were without wives or anything. And they just want to. They just started screaming, like, uh, well, chanting and cheering. They were going, "Tits out for the dogs! Tits out oh for my the gosh. dogs!" And for, for like three minutes, as they were leaving Wrigley Field. <laughs> And that was what it was everywhere, man. Like, I think Georgia people basically behaved themselves at South Bend. But in Chicago, I don't know if they did. I mean, it was wild. And that's – I mean, I've seen this before, man. I mean, every time they play in the Sugar Bowl, 
it's like a license to go crazy for these people. And I, I say, I'm, I mean, I'm all for it because, you know, when, when the good times are there, you got to celebrate them. And, and when there's these special kind of one-offs, you, you really need to have fun with it. So I don't really judge anymore. Like I didn't understand South Carolina in 2001 tearing down the goalposts against Georgia. I thought that was one of the silliest things I had seen. And then a couple of weeks later, Georgia did the same thing with Tennessee. That just shows that you're starved and right. you want something really well to go to go on. South Carolina would never do that now. Georgia obviously hasn't done has only done it once and wouldn't do it again. But um, you know, desperate times call for desperate celebrations. I mean, all I was going to say was, you turn around and all of a sudden Dak Prescott isn't your quarterback. Or you turn around and all of a sudden Chad Kelly's gone and you ain't beating Alabama anymore. I mean, things change quick. And, you know, Georgia, I think, hasn't necessarily had things change, but it's been a long time since they've had a lot of things to be happy about. And I think they feel like this team can be a good team. I don't, you know, I don't think that they should win the conference. I don't think anybody, you know, thinks that, but I think they can. And, um, I think that there's really – I'm not going to say there's no excuse, but I think they're, that anticipating them playing in the cotton, peach, or orange is completely reasonable because, you know, I'm not sure how many more of these games they're going to be underdogs in. And I think that they basically uh, will do what they got to do to get there. But they're going to have to have better play, generally speaking, uh, but specifically from, from uh, quarterback – and specifically from the defense, just not having these just brain fart penalties, man. If they can clean those two things up, yeah, there can be a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be dismissive. I, certainly if they win the East, that means they can win the SEC. So I just, I just, I think that this team, this Georgia team, is it's right along the, the kind of progression that I think you'd like to see enter in the second year under Kirby. Still got a little bit of work to do in terms of recruiting. Um, and that just takes time, you know, you've got to wait a couple more cycles, but like you said, you've already got a lot of freshmen out there, uh, and you can certainly see where this thing's going. It's just, Hey, I, I guess that's why I jumped you for the, I just, I'm, I'm just always comparing this. them to Alabama. So, well, I, understandably, I mean, Alabama's cream of the crop. Did you, did you, how much of the games you watched? I mean, offensive line has, I mean, they're doing what they got to do, man. I mean, that, they're not playing, you know, like I said, they're playing Alabama, Clemson, and Auburn. They're not dealing with those defensive lines yet. But, uh, you know, that's back-to-back solid weeks of rushing um, and running, really, when you, you knew they were going to run because of what was going on at quarterback. No, any, any props there? Yeah, it's always, of course, offensive line is always the hardest thing for us to evaluate for us normals, I guess. I don't I don't have game tape, you know, so you can't always see what's actually going on. But I, I did like this. I like that Sony and Nick each carried it 13 times. And they, sometimes you look Wait, at now it. Now, why? Why? Because why? a lot of people don't under, I mean, I'm not sure I like it a ton, but go ahead. Well, maybe I'm soft, but again, I look at it as, hey, same same kind of um, rationalization is that you you're now two and zero, and Nick Chubb's carried the ball. How many times he carried against App State? Uh, not a lot. Yeah. So I understand that that you know the game was a lot closer, but I like the fact that 
you know, honestly, you know, Sony averaged five point six yards a carry. Yeah, uh, Nick was that was more Nick, than Nick. Yeah, but Nick still had almost five, whatever it was. Yeah, I Nick mean. was at four point eight, and then you know, Swift got a few carries. Um, I don't know about Christian Payne. Uh, I mean, he, well, his average you know, was fine. It was a good change of pace. Christian Payne picked up two first downs and should have picked up, and should have picked up a third, but that you know, and, the game. Yeah, Kendall Baker played pretty well this game, but he someone shot the gap on him on the one play, which would have iced that game, and Georgia had to punt, which gave you the uh, you know sort of magnificent ending that you had. Right. So I, I think that uh, again you're 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 two and zero, oh, and I, it just feels like Nick and Sony are you're kind of taking care of them because it's a long season. Um, and I don't know if there was any secret suspensions that we didn't know about. It's, I always think after two games you might see another player you didn't know that might have been out with uh, an un, with an undisclosed suspension if he'll be back in the fold. Where, is, where's Holyfield? He, I mean, he had a 100-yard touchdown return taken back. Okay, right. I mean, he was so, out there. Yeah, yeah so Holyfield here in – you know, and you know, Miko Harmon had a couple of carries. So I thought that yeah. I thought it was diverse, and I liked it. Um, so, you know, maybe if it gets to be the Florida game, you'll see Nick carry at twenty five or Sony twenty five, something like that. Whatever you're working with, but uh, I like it. I like the diversity in the backfield. I think they're going to be just fine against the Gators. I mean that Florida. I mean, I mean, Florida's going. To, you would imagine Florida would win this week against the Balls. I mean, I don't know, but. Um, that offense for Florida, oh, I got. Not, I talked that's to. That's not going to be pretty against Georgia. And I left out Michigan with one. I mean, Michigan's got a heck of a defense too. I think. I talked to a pretty wide swath of just SEC people, whether it be people that cover, say, South Carolina, or people that cover the conference. And there's crazy things being said right now in the East, like things like. Is South Carolina the best comp- or best player or best team in the East? And you're going. There's, I mean, I think they're the second best. Yeah, I think that they they have surprised many people. Obviously, they were picked to finish fourth by the media uh, at, at Hoover, and now they they've looked pretty good through two games away from home. They get Kentucky mm-hmm. this weekend. I think that that I, is a huge. Game, it's a man. it is a big game in terms of establishing a pecking order. You look, you got a Kentucky team here, Dean. No, this doesn't matter. To most of the listeners, but they're gonna they get they go to South Carolina this week and then they host Florida next week. So they could be all in in the SEC East race or all out after the after you th- two. You weeks. think they split those games? Well, um, I'll tell you what. If you're they Georgia, would take a split. I'll okay. tell you if you're Georgia, you would love for those two to split. I mean, you would love for Kentucky to take out one of those two. Just it would give you a little breathing room. Well, I mean, Kentucky hasn't beaten Florida in 30 years, so but they do get them at home. Yep. And this isn't exactly, you know, Steve Spurrier's Florida teams walking through here. <laughs> so it's interesting the way the East is playing out, but I do think that it's a consensus for, again, like I said, people that I actually respect, uh, they think Georgia's the best team. Well, they, they are, but you and I are – maybe we're too critical. I don't know, but I think we are out of agreement that – I'm just critical of you, boy. They they got to play better than they did against Notre Dame. I mean that they have got to play better than they did. They were they just that should have been a fourteen point win and it wasn't. And um, you know you got to play better with in terms of mistakes, et cetera, on the defensive side of the ball. And then you know Fromm is you would imagine Fromm will probably uh, play better over time, but you Certainly. know. He's he's he and he's going to have to because 
there were times when he, you know, it just wasn't what you wanted. So, and, and if Easton were that guy, you would say this, and people did, that you guys said the same exact thing. But right now, right now, Fromm is the guy that's in there, so he's getting the praise and the criticism. And, you know, but they they got to play better as a team. I've not yet written my, you know, garbage for the week that people read, but they, I don't want to see 100 yards rushing uh, by the third, in the third quarter again. And I, I just want to see some crispness from the offense in the passing game. The run game, I think, they're 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 at 180 yards a game run run game, and and so that ain't a real issue. But that could really explode if you had a legit you know threat in the pass game. And I don't I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't think Georgia's been over. I don't think a Georgia quarterback has been over 160 yards passing yet. And that's I mean. You're getting into Hudson Mason and uh, Grayson Lambert land there. That's not what you want. You need you need playmaking ability at the quarterback position, and Jake Fromm can make plays. I saw him do it the other night, but he's just got to be more consistent. He's got and Terry Godwin can make plays too. By the way, yeah, sir. Guy, guy, and guy's got to catch the ball too, man. I mean, like you know. If it's a little underthrown, I mean, he's in a pocket with guys running at him. You got to adjust and make the play. So there's still plenty to pick up here for the dogs uh, heading into this week against Samford. Samford. Yeah, I mean, I'll give, I will say for Fromm, you know, you could criticize him maybe for throwing some balls up, but really, you got to give your guys a chance. Just give them a chance. Like the, the so, ball to Mecole, he didn't give him a chance. Right. The ball to Terry so, Gosselin. Gave him a chance. Yeah, and and the ball to Wims, you know. But like, I think fewer. um, But this uh, real quick. This was a game where going in, I like I said, I don't want to keep harping on how great I am. (laughs) Well, you also told us Kentucky was going to be great. So hey, they're two and zero. They're the same as Georgia. (laughs) How it happened doesn't matter. The uh, I didn't say. You put words in my mouth too much. I did not say Kentucky would be great. I did say they would cover, which they have not done yet. Uh, But this was not a game where you needed Mike Williams and Deshaun Watson to connect. Like like Clemson, you you and I are on the same page about this. There comes a time and there comes a team and there comes a moment where you've got to have Amari Cooper – Go catch you a pass to win this game, or Mike Williams, or even Jacob Eason against Tennessee. That would yep. that would count as in terms yep. of the moment and the and what you had to have happen. That's that's the way football is. The greater the stage, the tougher it is. You got to have a quarterback and a wide receiver connection that can be dynamic and that can win a 50-50 ball or that can take over the moment and win it for you. This Notre Dame game, while I guess Terry Gowan technically made an out of this world catch, this Notre Dame game. Without those two turnovers, without the penalties, yep. this it, it was not that kind of game. It was not that kind of opponent. I think down the road, Georgia's going to find itself in a situation, whether it might be at Florida. I know they're not that great, but still, it's that, that game is the way it is. might be Auburn. It might be, like you say, Alabama if they get that far. That, that, that quarterback is going to have to be much more of a threat, which we have said that now going back to Aaron Murray, that the quarterback yep. has got to be more of a threat if Georgia is going to be able to, to, to hit, the, hit their marks at the moments that the fan base has now raised the expectations to thinking that they should be at. How many times have we said that? Well, and, and you know, 
if we covered USC, we wouldn't know their every up and down, you know. <clears throat> but we do know Georgia's every up and down, and, and we've said that a lot. But it is it is relevant. I mean, the, the whoever the quarterback is has to make plays, <clears throat> and certainly Fromm made at least I would say at least one, if not a couple. But there were a lot of other balls where you were going right. It's got to be better than this, and 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 all explanations and <clears throat> excuse me, all explanations and understandings, uh, you know, being said, you know, they just have to have better play at quarterback, and if they have that, then the sky is the limit for for Georgia in this season, and you know, these guys are not scared of a big moment. I think we've picked up on that. But uh, they just need to be they need to be consistently better. Yeah, totally. But, but I mean, this, if is, they're cons- this is the this is the this is what happens when you have a first year quarterback and then a first year quarterback and then a first year quarterback and now a first year quarterback. Whether it be yeah. a grad transfer or a fifth year senior waiting his turn, there's just a lack of continuity and a sort of learning curve that you've got to go through. Whether, like I said, Hudson Mason. Uh, had a lot, had some experience, but he only had one year to start, and then you're starting all over with a grad transfer, and then you're starting all over with a true freshman, and then he gets hurt, and you're starting all over with a true freshman. So, I understand that this that I think Jake Fromm's floor was probably higher than anybody else's has a true freshman. Jacob Eason, same same caliber, but your ceiling, it you know, in terms of right now, your ceiling is is pretty low and that's because it has to be. So you just got to, got to go through that learning curve. Yeah. They got to play a little bit better in the moments that we talked about. All right. Around the league, not as many, or not as many big games this week, Fletcher. I mean, you got the balls and Gators. That game is finally, we know now going to be played in Gainesville, but, um, you like, I'm assuming you like the Gators in that one. I need more time to think about it. I think Kentucky, South Carolina is, might be, I don't want to call it a bigger. It's not a bigger game. Don't get me wrong, please. Well, you, it's re, it's relevant, it's and relevant. it never has been. Yeah, right. The, and I just want to say for you gamblers out there, if you could get <laughs> if you can get Kentucky at seven points, the last four games in this series have been decided by seven points or less. Fewer. It's not fewer. It is not fewer. Look it up. Why is Why is it not fewer? It's just not. I've looked this up because I write it all the time, and uh, it's just the way it's written. I don't know. It should be fewer according to your grammatical. You mean you mean according to English? Um, I'll be in Louisville, right, with my man David Hill. What do you do? Louisville, Clemson. I'm not going to Columbia. Sadly, I wish I could be there. What's uh? What do you make of that? So hold on, Carolina, Kentucky. This second, the Coots are a six and a half point favorite. I think that's probably a little too much for me. I, I would take Kentucky with the points there. Yep, and if, if especially if it goes to seven, take that. Um, but six and a half is a lot for that series. I think it'll be a good, I think it'll be a tough physical game. Uh, look, Kentucky last year they really physically just outplayed South Carolina. I'm sure Gamecocks remember that. So while what happens in the past typically doesn't matter, I think this is a big game for both teams. South Carolina trying to make a statement that they can be more physical in the SEC against actual teams, and then Kentucky. That they that they've taken the next step too. All right, and then uh, uh, Clemson goes to Louisville. Louisville a three point uh, dog at home, which I think is probably about right. Honestly, yeah. the curious the curious thing about this one is uh, Louisville is only allowing uh, thirty four yards rushing on the ground. Yeah, but they played Purdue and they played North Carolina. 
So uh, well, that's not that's not that's not nothing though. And I mean, I think if you stop the run, you stop the run. Now, will I agree. they stop? The, I agree. Will they stop the run the way that Auburn did against Clemson? You know, I don't know. I, I have my doubts about that. I mean, Auburn's defense is is good. I think but, I think I think that Lamar Jackson is is on his way to a second consecutive Heisman. Um, but this is might be his toughest test right oh, here. Oh, clearly right. Well, they got to go to Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. yeah, they got to go down there, and it's, it's much easier saying. But I I'm think Clemson should, Clemson should win this game. I would imagine, but it's a you know it's tight. I mean this. I mean this is what it's about. I mean yeah. I, it, it when you have one of the greatest players in college football history, which is Lamar Jackson, no matter what. Now, wait a second now. I mean, okay, that's... You didn't like that? Was that too defensive? I'm not going to complete... A lot of people would, would kind of go nutty about that. Well, but, uh, he, he won a Heisman. He certainly could win the Heisman twice. Yeah, so that put him in extremely elite company. That would be uh, only... One other guy. Right. Yeah. He's on pace to have more yards than he did uh, last season, which was incredible. So um, we'll see what happens. You got, you got. He can't do it by himself. Exactly. That Clemson defense is too good. Yeah. He cannot do it by himself. They're gonna make. They're gonna have to have some help. He is not gonna be running around on Clemson. Well, we'll okay? see. And that's what. That's why we watch. I, I think. Well, it's, I, think I mean, I, you know what I'm saying. He's gonna get his, but he ain't gonna be running down the field. I mean. They're too good. That defense is too good. But their offense is going to have to play better. Now, if we're talking about Georgia offense, going to play. I mean, Clemson, 14 points. I mean, like that ain't – I mean, Auburn's defense is good. It's not – is it that good? Uh, I think like, it's pretty good. The week before that. I think it's pretty good. Got some defenses in this league again, man. Yep. It certainly know the identity again. It's uh, It's holding true so far. Uh, with Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, I think Florida, Florida, uh, yeah. So LSU, yeah. It's been mm. fun. You want to get that new iPhone? Well, you know what? I'm not going to. I do want to just, re- you know, I want to let you know that we're going to review your trip with David Hale. <laughs> <laughs> so let's ah, behave. Our- let's let's behave ourselves. Oh, last thing. I'm going to be dehydrated. Uh, I'm going to be dehydrated on Sunday morning. What about Baker Mayfield? Loved it, dude. Don't apologize. That's, I hate that. This I hate this. You have a genuine moment. You know, this guy wins such a great, has a great game. Does whatever. That that him planting that flag was epically awesome. It's great, and he's got to come out at a press conference to say he's sorry for it. Don't apologize. If you were thinking if it was if it was questionable behavior, you should have asked yourself that before you did it. But now that you did it, you got to own it. It was awesome. Come on. I mean, college dean says it was one of the most awesome things ever. I mean, it was hilarious. But you can't do that, man. <laughs> you just can't. You can't do that. That's just you know. I've seen it done many times at Bobby Dodd and. Yeah, I mean Georgia and Tech. Georgia and Tech have been doing it to one another. It's it's stupid, but they've been doing it to one another, you know, forever and uh, forever for the last couple of years. And it's just like, you know, let's. Oh yeah, but come on, man! Like people say, oh well, when they play the next time, and no, I don't think if I'm playing, if I'm if I'm in that locker room, I'm sitting here thinking about how much money I might be able to make in the NFL. 
I'm thinking about how great I am at college football. I'm going to go do my thing. I don't – Baker Mayfield will be the last thing I need to get jacked up for a game. Come on. I was surprised at how they got their ass beat like that. I man. was too. I, I was – I just – I don't know like, what that was. He – but – and no, I'll, I'll leave it here. But it just does go to show that, you know, you can – it doesn't matter kind of really how good you are or how good the coach is. You can get your ass beat any week in college football. It can happen. It's not like the NFL, but when the other side has got some legit players, you know, you can get beat. I'm watching. Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching. Uh, people won't know who this is, but Joe Morrison used to be the head coach at South Carolina, and this is a Georgia South Carolina game from 1986, and Georgia's got the ball with like they're running the clock out. And Joe Morrison just lit up a cigarette on the sideline. That's what. That's that's it, man. That's like my man Dick Trickle smoking cigarettes during caution laps. 1986, yeah. man. Is I'm it that? that? God Almighty, dude! I actually, oh. I wanted to tell you a funny story. I don't know if it'll be that funny to to you. Yeah, you know, my, my you know my little brother. I know both. Yeah, you got the offense off his back yet? Yeah, he. How much would you say my brother knows about college football on a going into a Saturday? How much he would know about? I mean, at least as much as Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> well, so he would be at zero percent, right? I mean, yeah. so his business that he works at his office, they have a pick'em league where oh, no. it's a five dollar buy-in, and I want to say I don't know how many people are in this, but let's just say it's a lot of people participating in this. It's 12 games each week, and the tiebreaker is, like, you pick the points. It's not against the spread, okay? Ooh. So my brother, who knows absolutely nothing about college football, says, hey, can you help me out and pick games for me? He sends me the list, and I say, you didn't put the spreads on these. Like, I can't pick these games without the spreads. He goes, there is no spread. You just pick them straight up. I was like, are you kidding me? So I go to David Hill and ask him to tell me, the ACC games, and then I talk to my people for the SEC games because if you're picking straight up, it's not that hard. No, not at all. My little brother. By, 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 I mean, by the way, I picked Georgia to win the game. By the way, so don't you just kind of need to settle no, yourself? I feel you. I'm just saying that I am I am genuinely giddy about this opportunity for me. So my brother ends up winning the the first week of the Pick'em League easily, and he he wins enough money to buy lunch or something for like a couple days. And it, this story would be a lot funnier if people realized that my brother absolutely could not name one no. single player in college football, and he's winning no. this Pick'em League. That's so, how Pick'em Leagues work, though, man. Well, not, but if anybody there would say, how is Bo picking these games? And it's because I'm just turning around to an ACC expert and getting the, those half of the games and then asking SEC people. And then if you just look at the spreads, you could just pick who's favored. Sure. It is, you, you, would, you would win right. 80% of the time. So we, we ended up getting 10 out of 12 last week. The only ones we Which missed were we missed Ohio State right. and um, I picked Stanford over, over USC. So that's Yeah, it. you missed that one. But that's, but that's how it works with gambling. I don't know anything about Stanford and USC. And I just, I like David Shaw was basically why I picked Stanford. But it just, I cannot express to you how happy this makes me that my brother who knows nothing about college football is, is getting free lunches now off his pick'em league and nobody has any clue that I'm like using other people in this. This really makes me happy. So that's what that's what I'm gonna be keeping tabs on for you guys 
uh, all season is if give let's get Bo free lunch each Monday and Tuesday from this Pick'em League winnings, and everybody there is going to be like, how the hell is this guy doing this? So we're going to keep that what, rolling. What's Bo's actual first name? Uh, his first name is Stephen, but his middle name's Bo, so it's Stephen Bo. That's B E A U. It's not B O. Only in America. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, give me a score for this game. Which game? Georgia Samford. Uh, is there a spread? I can't find one. They'll cover. I'll say that Georgia will probably win thirty-eight to ten. So they wouldn't cover in that scenario. I bet. Well, I can't find. I mean. Yeah, I guess it probably won't be. Much. I think it, I think it'll be uh, forty-one to twelve. How okay. About that? What is that? We're not, that we're not going to do this each week. It says four field goals for the Semford Bulldogs. Back to back weeks to play in the Bulldogs. How about that? All right, we've gone too long here, Fletcher. All right, it was fun. People people want to hear about your experience next week in Louisville, though. Yeah, I'll try to keep tabs. It's the game got pushed back to eight though, so that really. Yeah. Given now that we're hitting games that last four hours, and then if you got to work afterwards, we didn't leave the Notre Dame press box until one thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's rough, man. Well, That's just not fun. I don't think anybody's feeling sorry for you, man. People are paying thousands of dollars for that, and you got to lay down there and miss passes that Jake Fromm threw you down there on the sidelines. I saw you batting those balls got, down. Hey, and- you got to throw a more catchable ball to me in the end zone. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not good enough. They said, hey, is that Dean Leggy? And he's wearing a pink shirt. Ah. Salmon colored, man. Whatever. Salmon colored. Then they made us put that goofy green thing on. Hey, uh, you got to police your sideline. Let me, let me just say this. So the leprechaun was asking about how your mom was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done with you. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>